to my podcast. My name is Chelsea, and my content is pretty much all about deprogramming yourself from the conditioning that you've inherited and internalized, a lot of which does not serve you and does the exact opposite. And um, basically just letting the real you through, which I pretty much believe is a creative genius. Humans are inherently creative, innovative, adventurous, imaginative. But um, there have been forces sort of running the world, running the show for quite a while that want to convince us otherwise. And I don't talk too much about what I believe is behind that because I don't think it's as important as just recognizing that a lot of what you've been taught is not true. So just some examples of that, your mind, that your mind has no real effect on reality, that it's just an internal thing happening that's separate from your external world, and that consciousness is just like a byproduct of the brain or an illusion, and that anything that can't be seen or measured isn't real. There's so many lies <laughs> that we've inherited as I said and basically I think the true human spirit is something really incredible and that the people who do manage to let that through leave a huge mark on the planet and uh, so not to get preachy but I think that we all have incredible creations within us that you kind of have to deprogram yourself to let through so uh, anyway I have some notes here that I'll read from. They're just things I've been writing down throughout the week that I've been thinking about and putting into practice. So the first one is that challenges adjust to your quote-unquote level. So I fall into a fallacy sometimes, as we all do, of thinking that some people have kind of like made it to a level that I haven't and that they just have experienced how to be happy all the time and that don't really have any challenges and it sounds silly and it's not something I consciously tell myself but it can be a subtle feeling that creeps in and um, I was listening to a podcaster recently and she had a guest on who does like energy readings and sells her art for a living, and basically just has found a creative um, career. And just seems really cool in general. And she was talking about how now that her profile's getting so much traction, so many followers and stuff, she gets... She has like 300 people messaging her per day. And how she's really introverted and, and stuff, and uh, that it's kind of difficult. And it just kind of hit me, you know, oh yeah... Every level has its new um, complications and challenges. Like, there's always going to be stuff that's testing you, no matter what. And uh, that's not to be pessimistic, because that can sound frustrating if you are constantly resisting and mistrusting yourself when challenges come up. But if we can learn to remember and basically become like obsessively 
vigilant about remembering that we can overcome anything that's in our path. Um, and that challenges are there as like an adventure and to test you and to help you get stronger and smarter. It'll be a lot easier to move through life. And I've gotten decent at this. Like I, something that taught me to just learn how to kind of chill out and it took me a long time was being a freelance writer because it comes with a lot of freedom but it's can be really unpredictable and it would usually come in waves like I'd suddenly have a bunch of clients really good paying consistent work for months and then it would all of a sudden stop around the same time and I would freak the fuck out with anxiety and like obsessively apply to jobs and just like ruminate and be really um, like scared you know and I would always get more clients. Usually they would come in groups. It was so strange. They would literally message me the same day sometimes, like three different people after not having work for months. Um, and it taught me that like it always fucking works out and that freaking out and getting all anxious and worrying about it did nothing whatsoever except steal my peace. And eventually, after a few years of this, I realized, like, no, it's going to be okay, actually. And just would, when things would drop off and I would um, start feeling the worry, you know, I would just think back to all the times that I was worried before and how it always worked out. And I would just trust that it would. And a lot of times it would kind of work out faster and more smoothly as soon as I kind of just relaxed about it. When we're going through difficult stuff and like resisting it and judging it and judging ourselves and creating all this tension in our bodies and getting carried away in obsessive ruminations and anxiety, we're not doing anything, you know? Um, it's actually just keeping ourselves stuck. And it can feel so huge when you're in it, especially if you have a narrative going. Um, but it can be as easy as just sort of remembering, you know, like, oh yeah, this is what happens when I forget my own power. Do I want to keep feeding this then? And I say it as if it's so easy for me, but it's really not. I've been struggling over this lately a lot, and it just keeps bringing me back to this lesson, like, this is what it's like to forget my own power. And it just sort of starts feeling nonsensical to choose to indulge those um, sabotaging energies that arise. You are never the energy or the negative emotion that you're experiencing. You're the one observing it. And that's why it's so, so, so helpful to say it aloud or write it down. Like, name the energy. I've been sort of identifying when there's dense emotions present. Like this morning I was sitting outside feeling kind of weird. And uh, I could feel myself closing off, and then I was like, okay, I name you disempowerment. Like, I named the energy, and immediately you're taking your rightful place because it just becomes something that you're observing. And it's obviously smaller than you if you can name it and see it. We actually breathe life into these energies by indulging them, by looking into them, by even just by being curious about it. That can be just falling right into the trap Lately, I think it's a lot more helpful just to stay neutral, not necessarily look for the source of the victimhood or anxiety, because sometimes it's just a, like, a thought form passing by, or a collective thing. 
or even if it is an old pattern of yours, you know, like if that is the case and it's something you need to deal with, you're going to know. It's going to make itself apparent to you. I think a lot of times like I get worried about like if some anxiety comes up and I want to just like name it and choose something else. I think, but isn't that suppressing something? Isn't it dangerous that I'm going to be ignoring something really important? And honestly, I've kind of decided fuck that approach because <laughs> it's, yeah, there's a little risk involved that you're suppressing something by choosing joy instead, but you know, like the reward of feeling peace is so worth it. And if you never even try and instead just succumb to the dense stuff and take it on as your own and make it your identity, you're not, you're making it impossible to reach states of peace and to feed that in yourself because you're just talking yourself out of it before you even give it a chance. And it's playing right into the hands of it. I've been doing this for months actually and didn't realize I was tripping myself up because I try to be consistent with shadow work and being aware of my shadow traits. So when something like victimhood would come up, I would just like look into it, write about it, dive into it, try to find where it's from, try to like release it and do all this stuff. Like I was well-meaning. I was trying to uh, be on keep myself honest and not delude myself, but I was actually just sort of um, acting out roles that were not in alignment under the guise of trying to get into alignment. <laughs> the mind and ego can be so tricky like this. That's why it's best to just keep it as simple as fucking possible, you know? Like, choose the energy that you care the most about, that you most want to experience, decide it as a baseline, and have that be the thing that you can consistently return to. I think it's really best to keep it as simple as possible. Um, just keeping yourself in like that receptive, open, trusting state. Uh, it's as simple as that being the most fucking important thing ever. Because everything flows from that state. When you're just trying to rearrange the external world to fix something inside, it never actually works. Like literally never. And there's always infinite like issues that you can play into and get freaked out about and just keep talking yourself out of peace. Or you can just decide that it's the most important thing to get yourself there first. It's just more logical too because when you're in that state you're not uh, wasting energy pushing up against something and resisting. Instead you're just... Uh, the momentum of creation itself is with you because you're in the present moment and you're just sort of naturally unfolding versus taking the role of a tiny ego trying to steer a fucking gigantic ship that it's just not cut, like cut out for. We just try to micromanage and control everything in our heads and outside and think that's the way to like earn our happiness or something. And it makes sense that we would consistently fall into this trap because that's what the world tells us you're supposed to do. Like, if you want to be happy, you need to achieve these things. You need to get this important sounding title. You need to impress these people. You need to have this kind of body. It's always like, earn your worth, earn your worth. And you know, then we get reprimanded for 
showing our true selves as kids and then we internalize all this programming that there's something wrong or bad about anything that makes us human. Sexuality is a really big one. There's lots of shame programming around that. I'm still working through mine. It's a it's a tricky one, but I think it's important um, to get that in alignment if you have any shame stuff about it, to dive, like, I was going to say dive into it, but I don't even want to say that. Just try to, like, acknowledge what's there, even if it doesn't feel good to look at or say. Um, and then just, like, accept it and if possible, just love it compassionately. And I think that's really how you free yourself from things. Just fully accepting them because we just cause ourselves so many issues by not accepting where we are. I'm saying this as someone who falls into this trap a lot. It's really important to acknowledge the dark parts that we're ashamed of. And it's takes so much consciousness because we instinctively avoid these things but they're the areas that need the most attention. I saw a really good meme that um, illustrated this. It was like a mom in a pool with her two kids and she had like her little daughter, toddler, like in her hands and the toddler looked really happy. So it said like the mom, it said me under and the toddler, it said ego over it. And then there was like a her son, who's like maybe four or five, like kind of like drowning or looking very panicked in the water like he needed help, you know, and it said unconscious. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is, you know, like the ego is fine. It's not really threatened, but we still like baby it and coddle it and cater to it and place all our awareness on that while the unconscious is the, the part of us that really needs attention, you know, because there's often a lot of wounding there, you know, like you absorb subconscious impressions from like probably even before you're born and uh, they just sort of stay there until you get to the root of what's hidden in the dark and the best way of knowing what that is is just looking at what you ruminate about like what scares you the most what events trigger you what topic can you not stand to talk about what is it that makes you really uncomfortable in other people? What emotions do you judge the most in yourself? All those kinds of things. Like, sort of looking into that stuff can show you what you've been ignoring. Just don't fall into the trap of, like, thinking that shadow work has to be, like, a constant everyday thing, because then it'll just never stop. So it's, it's a balancing act between, like, doing this healing work when it's called for and letting yourself just fucking chill and enjoy life the rest of the time. So I heard someone use a really good analogy or metaphor for what fear, like f what running from fear is like. So he was saying it's like a dog chasing a car. If the car stops, the dog has no idea what to do. And that's exactly what it's like with our own fears, you know, like they seem, they seem like they're gaining on you or they're gonna do something when they get you, like they're gonna eat you or, or attack you. But when you actually just stop and look at it, you see that there's really, there's nothing really there. And all the suffering comes from fearing the fear and avoiding it. Fear is pretty much just like shadow, like empty shadows or smoke, but we make it real when we avoid or suppress it because it just becomes this like unthinkable thing. And when things stay in the dark, they just, uh, 
it's like it still has energy behind it and that energy has nowhere to go so it just starts kind of mutating and getting it has to be expressed somehow you know so if you're not consciously turning towards it and just letting it be expressed or witnessed it will find other ways to come out that can be very sabotaging for your life you know It's so fucking liberating just to say aloud what you're afraid of, you know? Like, I'm afraid these people are going to judge me. I'm afraid I'll waste my life and never achieve my goals. I'm afraid I'm going to die alone. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, it's just so freeing to say that. Even just in your head, like, say it to yourself, you know? Or say it in a voice note or, or tell a friend. It's so... It's like I was saying earlier with the energies. You're naming it, you're making it smaller, you're putting it in its rightful place, and it becomes phenomena, a phenomenon that you're observing and not something that you're just sort of like acting out subconsciously. Remember that your subconscious mind controls over 90% of what's happening, <laughs> what you're doing. So um, if you're pushing your fear down into the subconscious, things can get pretty crazy. You can pretty much find yourself with all of your actions motivated by fear. And that's one way to live, but I don't know, it doesn't seem optimal. So my next note says self-judgment can be subtle. This is true. <laughs> um, so if you've worked on your self-talk for a while, like become conscious of how mean you are to yourself and worked to be kinder to yourself in your words and not beat yourself up, that's a really big step up from being an asshole to yourself, obviously. And take some time and it really helps things, but it took me a little while to notice that self-judgment can actually be more of just like a feeling in the background and less about what I'm saying to myself. So I would actually often miss the fact that I was kind of being cold to myself, you know, because it wasn't in the words I was speaking. It was more a subtle energy. So I, I would like kind of withhold approval from myself or be even like sarcastic in my head sometimes uh, and like cold and just, yeah, it can be really subtle. So it's important to pay attention more to like, the energy, how your body feels, like the energy that you're holding on to, because you can feel it when you're restricting the energy flow in your body, because you don't feel very good. You feel either like all in your head and not in your body, or you might feel anxious or run down or panicked or just, it just, it's like something just doesn't feel right. And this is when you have to return to the the um, unwavering, like, obsessive commitment to just letting yourself feel peace. It really is about letting yourself, like, allowing it. Because it's pretty much the natural state most of the time, or can be. And I feel like a lot of times the ego will just want to make it seem like it's this achievement that you have to reach a better state. But it's actually more just taking away the bullshit that's in the way or the lies you're telling yourself or the narrative that your mind is 
going on. For me, what often works with this is just an affirmation, like saying, okay, I feel kind of like weird right now, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to feel weird. And a lot of times that'll just like help me drop the anxiety and judgment immediately and just slip into a more open state that feels better. So I've been thinking about this lately, like choosing your state of being. Because I hear people say, you know, it's a choice what you feel. You get to choose uh, which state to adopt. And I immediately would have this thing pop up where I would fear suppressing things. Because I spent pretty much my whole life like shoving uncomfortable emotions as far down as I possibly could and not dealing with them. I had like zero emotional uh, skills with myself, I guess, like emotional regulation skills. I would, uh, my only like strategies were either freak the fuck out and be anxious and ruminate on something or just like shove it down, like suppress it. So when I discovered the freedom of just like doing shadow work and looking at these traits and um, undoing the programming and releasing all that pain and stuff and the freedom that's on the other side, I realized, oh, I never want to suppress anything ever again. That's not a good way to be. So that led to me sort of inadvertently in indulging quote unquote negative states more often than I needed to which I think I kind of touched on earlier. I've already lost track of what I said earlier, but uh, yeah, I'm, like I said, I just wanna take the leap of just believing, actually, no, I can. I can choose uh, higher states. And just sort of like not letting those lower states fucking push me around, you know, because a lot of times we just let them beat us into submission, like they just show up I think of it almost kind of like an entity, like a thought form with a will of its own. And in a lot of cases, maybe it is. Um, I think things are true on various levels. Like it can be an actual like thought form or entity with the will of its own and a pattern in you and they kind of reflect each other. But that's beside the point. Um, just see it as something that wants to propagate its own existence. And that's all you really need to know to deal with it. It's helpful to acknowledge that these uh, denser or disempowering states are thought forms that are benefiting from you feeding them your energy. Because otherwise it's really easy to just mistake it for you. Like think like, why am I always doing this to myself? Because you'll, you'll have a thought and it's a negative thing and you're like, oh, that's me. That's the voice in my head. That's me thinking it. Where's this coming from? When really it's just a pattern that's for whatever reason being activated like I said, a thought form, and every form wants to continue its own existence and needs energy to survive. So it's gonna fight to maintain control over you. And when you take it on as your own and just claim it, you know, you hear the voice and you're like, oh yeah, like a spare thought can come into your head. Why am I always so fucking pathetic? And you might think like, yeah, why am I? Right there, you've, the energy has presented itself and you have started animating it with your energy and focus. Try instead, and I'm also practicing this every single time I remember, to just acknowledge that it's present, name it, and let it, you know, just let it be there. Um, and oftentimes it shifts into something else, you know? 
And like I said, if it's something about you that you really do need to heal or look into deeper, you'll know because it'll continue to pop up. And in that case, you might need to like look a little closer and, and ask yourself, like, when did I accept that I am disempowered, that I'm a victim, that I can't get what I want? You might want to like go back to memories that still have an emotional charge where you were victimized and uh, you know do, do some like rewriting give yourself what you needed in that moment because I might have said this in another episode but if time doesn't exist then your past self is still here and you can even be acting from that place when you get triggered so doing this kind of work where you return to traumatic memories and sort of like rewrite it in a way that feels better, you know, it really can unlock some stuff. And I don't necessarily think you have to go digging around in your past just because. Like I said, if there's something pressing that you need to resolve, it will make itself known to you, either through external situations or clues from your own mind, like obsessive ruminations or stuff like that. I feel like this is really all over the place, but let's keep going. So my next note is about symbols or external conditions of joy. Uh, what I mean by this is that we often get caught up on chasing symbols of joy, which, which are external conditions, you know, like the perfect job, the awesome partner, the wealth whatever other things we associate with happiness and fulfillment. I think this is what the Bible was referring to by worshiping idols. At least, I, I mean, that makes sense to me as a metaphor. It's like you're just getting obsessed with and falling in love with uh, symbols of the true thing that you're looking for. And then you're just on this never-ending hamster wheel of achievement chasing the next the next best thing that you think is going to make you happy and then you get it and then it does for a little bit and then you're on to the next thing. It's never about the external conditions ever. Um, it's actually completely the other way around. Like you have to know how to give yourself that state of peace and joy and then uh, things will be taken care of from there. I have not mastered this completely yet. I'm not even going to lie, but I've seen enough indications in my reality to know that it's true and that if you embody that state and practice it things do just fucking work out like an example of that is one day I was thinking about how I'm like how am I gonna pay this bill I need about this much money well that would be cool if someone gave it to me or it just came out of nowhere like unexpectedly because I didn't know how I was gonna make it and later that same day, someone just like randomly offered, like we were talking and they said, can I give you some money? Um, <laughs> and it was, it was perfect. So that's the kind of stuff that can happen all the time. But we block ourselves from it by just fixating on external things and mistaking the symbols for the thing that matters. Like money is really easy to do this with. It's so easy to fall into that trap and think that if we just had more of it, all of our problems would be fixed. I'll still like kind of fall into that every once in a while, which is crazy because I had a job that was well-paying and I could do what I wanted and travel and buy things I wanted and I didn't 
you know, I wasn't like super wealthy, but I was doing well enough to have everything I needed and wanted. And of course that, that didn't solve all my problems. Um, actually I'm probably better off now than I was then, even though I'm poorer at the moment. So my next note is that states of victimhood can be teachers. Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> um, so obviously feeling like a victim to conditions and like in that state of just resistance and lack and misery, it feels like there's no value to be had there, you know, like that it's just a, kind of an inconvenience or something to escape from. But I've been sort of flipping that around and and just thinking like, okay, so this state right now that I'm in of feeling disempowered and miserable is what forgetting my power feels like. And just kind of like, like really feeling the experience and acknowledging, yeah, this is what it feels like. Um, and just kind of knowing, and I don't like that, you know? So then just asking myself, do I want to keep feeding this? So in a sense, it's teaching you, you know, like what you value by showing you what you don't want. Which I know some teachers have talked about this a fair amount in various ways. Um, like Abraham Hicks talks about contrast, like when you're experiencing things you don't want, it seems really awful, but really it's helping you define what you want to move towards. And I think that just seeing the value in these darker states it's a way to make peace with it, you know, and remember that it all has its place. That doesn't mean that you have to consistently indulge these energies and take them on as your own and feed them and keep them as pets. <laughs> but making peace with them and seeing that they all have their place and that they're not there to hurt you. They're just, it's not even personal. These like lower energies just want to feed themselves. And if you indulge them, they'll keep coming back. So it's just your job to be like, no. I know my power. I know what I want to feel and experience. And this is not it. So thank you for showing me what I don't want to feel. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. This doesn't involve, like, ignoring or suppressing this stuff, really. You're acknowledging it fully. and you're, But you're just facing it in your sovereignty instead of making yourself a victim to it. And this is basically like an art, really. It's almost like tuning a very fine instrument. It takes some precision and skill and consistency, and of course it isn't easy, but I don't think our souls wanted things to be easy. Like, why on earth would you incarnate into a physical body if you didn't want challenges? <laughs> Pretty much comes with the territory, you know? Clearly, whatever the animating force is, divine intelligence is much smarter than me, so I'm just going to let that take care of it and just trust it, trust that that intelligence has got me and that I can tap into it whenever I want. Unless I forget for a little while, but that's okay, because then I can just remember again, and so can you. I'm going to keep this one short because um, I feel like I'm kind of losing my voice, so... Uh, if you want extra content, join my Patreon. If you want to try a free initial mentorship call with me for 20 minutes, email me. Then we can decide whether we want to move on with hourly sessions. So thank you for listening.
Thank you.